round 22 saw the Geelong play their last away game of the home and away season. Is a tough one. Ol and Jake going down by one point against the now top Brisbane Lions, 74 to 75, with a Lincoln McCarthy absolute screamer of a mark on top of Jack Henry in the last two minutes of play to kick the final goal. Insult to injury. A tough watch that last final quarter. Jake? Yeah, it was. It was a very frustrating game. I mean, the benefits from it, obviously we played pretty well, to be honest, but we were just so inefficient. So in in my head, we're 50% back to the form uh, we were in the first half of the season. But, yeah, we were just super inefficient, which cost us, especially in the last quarter, which could haunt us. Yeah, exactly. And it was back to the wall about last quarter. Well, 17 points odd up at three-quarter time. A few missed chances could have put us four and maybe four to five goals in front coming into the third quarter or just inside the fourth quarter mm-hmm. hole. Mm-hmm. But missed chances really cost us in that, that final crucial fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, the Lions' pressure just took control. Mm-hmm. They they definitely lifted after um well a a slower start or a a dip in the uh, the, the first half definitely got it together later in the game and you know the crowd got involved by the way yeah very very vocal um and yeah they got uh, got it together. Just in that last five, ten minutes and constantly peppering the 50. And we had our opportunities. I mean, danger chance. Mm-hmm. Um, when we were actually getting repeat entries, he had a chance. He was running inside 50. I think he was probably 20 metres out. Yeah. Um, could have kicked it. Did kick it, but just missed. Yeah. Um, Sad behind. Lost. Yeah. Point registered for the match after Lincoln McCarthy's goal. But yeah, an onslaught from the likes of Dane Zorko, Lyons, Charlie Cameron finished off with Lincoln McCarthy in that final quarter. A very, very different squad selected for this match with seven backs playing Jake against Brisbane at the Gabba with a full set of fans there out when they're on top of the ladder, <laughs> when their team is playing well. Yeah. Um, the Gabatoire was, was the, back in The Gabatoire, exactly, yeah. 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 Do you think some have called it that this match was lost at, on the selection night? I I think that's a bit of a stretch, seeing as the match was by Megan McCarthy taking a specky on top of Jack Henry. Um and we, in a sense, were unlucky to sub kicks that at the very end. Then could be a different story altogether. Or so, is it a, a case of slight mismanagement in terms of selection going in playing seven defenders on paper without Jordan Clark, or really did they just have more intensity in a 27 degree game up at the Gabba, which they would be more accustomed to compared to what right now is Geelong. Well, the fact that they were playing Tui forward pretty much from the first quarter just went to show you that, A, the selection they made on Thursday night was wrong. B, Tui is in no form to be in this team in the first place. And the fact that there was the emergencies of Sam Menegola, Scott Selwood, and Parsons, it it it's a bit mind blowing to be honest that they're they're playing Tui forward when those players are listed as emergencies and any of them would have been much better replacements than what Tui was, especially forward. But his and, and we we might as well talk about that that message now row that we received during the week. But Tui just looks 
bereft of yeah any confidence or any of the form that he had uh, late of last year since you know the last couple of weeks and pretty much since he's been back from his injury he's had a couple of good games but he's not in form to be in this team right now and and you can't just put Zach Tui up forward and expect him to play Jordan Clark's role and and the way that Jordan Clark's been playing um I'll just quickly before we get into that you mentioned um you know Dangerfield had that shot on goal and David King was on SEN this morning talking with Jared Waitley and he he gave out a stat which you might have seen already but I think it was since Dangerfield's been at Geelong, he's had 23 shots at goal from the 30 to 40 metre range in the forward line. Can you guess how many of them he's kicked? Probably like less than five. He's kicked two out of five. Oh, wow. I I thought five was a... I thought five was quite I thought five was low for, yeah. for you. Yeah. So he's going pensions, at 9% yeah. from the 30 to 40 metre range for since he's been at Geelong, I think the stat was. So he could be one of the best ever players over the last five years and a legend once he retires, which he still might be. But that was a damning stat. And, and that play you know, that you highlighted before, oh, he got it out of the middle. Everyone in the world thought that he was going to have a shot at goal, but he, he hit up Tom Hawkins, who I think wasn't expecting the kick to come, but he led because that's his job. He, he dropped the mark, and then Dangerfield got it back, and then he had another golden chance at goal and, and missed it, and that pretty much would have, I think it was going to put us 21 points up with 13 or so minutes left in the last quarter, and, and that might have just put, you know, snuffed out the lines at that point. Um, I just thought that was a really interesting stat, and I'm sure Dangerfield would have heard that now as of this morning and I hope he gets another chance to rectify that uh, next week or come finals especially um, but yeah going back to um, Zach Tui in the selection table which is a bit of a story role I'll let you um, do your thing about that question we got asked during the week uh, where do you want me to start with Zach Tui Jake we we did our best 22s all of us weeks ago and Zach Tui I, I said on it if you if you're a fan of Kenny Cloudy, you would have heard my voice for a long time stating that Zach Tui is my favourite player, and he is. But a few weeks ago, I think it was episode 30, we raised our best 22s, and Zach in my best 22. Based I think on, I had him as an emergency. Yeah. Based on form this season, structure, yeah. I think that Mark O'Connor actually, fits better on smalls and mediums than Zach does. Tom Stewart's the rebound king of Geelong now, and we're comfortable with Tom Stewart kicking out from behinds as opposed to Tui. He's not as much of a line breaker, it seems, since his injury. Jordan Clark has pace to burn. So, uh, yeah, the weekend just summarised my idea for Zach Tui, where does he fit in? And the coaching panel, they pretty much gave me my answer, which is they're not sure. So we saw him last season for a tiny stint in the Melbourne game, produce a bit of magic up forward in the final quarter to win down at Kenya Park. But consistently the whole match he was played up forward for four quarters. And worries me when yeah that worries me when you have Charlie Cameron kicking a bag of five with Jed Buse majority playing I know that a few of Cameron's goals I think two or three was when Stewart um or another defender was marked on him so it wasn't Buse's fault for five goals um but to his first and foremost a defender um hopefully, a back pocket break the line. And he was our number one rebound player. Now, he is not in our best. When you have the likes of Jordan Clark not even in that team and Zach Tui isn't playing in defence, when we're playing the most defensive man against Brisbane at their home ground, tells me he's not in our best 22. Um 
Tony Wolseley, he to us during the week, wanted to raise that the Cats' non-selections are becoming news-grabbing more than their emissions and career to me by elevating short-term while ignoring them when in form, um, such as Charlie Constable not getting games at the moment. He raises Zach Tui's playing like a man who is bereft of confidence, bravery and skill, yet the club attempt to play him in form by nursing him on a forward flank, a position he's not accustomed to. Yeah, they're trying to if, play him into form. If Sam... Why was Sam Menegola not picked and Tui played up forward? For, yeah, that, I understand that there is flexibility when you can put Blitzavs at fullback or in the ruck and then move him back to the... At times, you have that ability. If Stanley is playing, such as in the Adelaide game, when he can switch players around and move magnets, but for such a long time to have a player not converting, not impacting the match up forward, and to keep him up there was just—it was mind-boggling Questionable, for me. Questionable. Sure. Um, and I don't think Sam Menegola would have had a, a worse match than Zach Tui on the weekend. And, and who, it wasn't me, that bad in the previous game as well. He wasn't terrible. He just needs to find some touch. So no. I don't think it was worth yeah. dropping Menegola if you knew that Tui was then going to be playing as a forward. Yeah. Or or even Scoot, even Scoot to do a pressure roll and push. Yeah. Yeah. And, and for the but people then, that are saying that um, you know, Constable should have been back in. Like, we know that he's not the quickest player, and, and that goes for Scott Selwood as well. And and you you definitely wouldn't put Scott Selwood in the forward line and uh, – sorry, in the in the midfield. But if there was a choice, you'd have Scott Selwood, like you said, as a pressure forward where his speed isn't, you know, going to cost us. He's, he's just not going to be able to tackle as much. But Constable, I think, for all the people saying that Constable should have been in – Yes, he should have been in weeks ago, but I don't think bringing him in for the Brisbane game was the best idea anyway. I can guarantee you he'll come in against Carlton, but he, he shouldn't have been playing against Brisbane because he's just too slow in the midfield. And yes, he might uh, have had a few disposals and used them really well, but you know, Mitch Duncan was under pressure and he's, he's no slouch either. So I don't think Constable being in for that game specifically would have been the best overall decision, but definitely... The questions are coming, and the, the Cats fans are coming for Tui. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you just say just a point of inquiry? Um, was Hawk ever really that fast? Acceleration-wise, yes. Acceleration-wise, in, in the mould, I sense that I think a lot of fans see, and obviously the you can't compare the pair, but Tom Atkins doesn't have great top speed, but the acceleration is mm. is quite he's up powerful, there. Mate. Yeah, he's powerful. Yeah, it's pretty, hence he's, the pressure. He's, he's, could Selwood play a Max Rook role? Yeah. Well, Jake, yeah, we saw at the end of last season, home away season, screwed Selwood against Frio. I know it was against Gold Coast Frio the last couple of, of rounds. Um at Cadinia Park, playing a forward role mm. and playing it to a... Mm. Of course, the Melbourne Demons match to the elimination final didn't go to plan, but he's played there before. Um, I didn't... What Zach Tui added, really, as a marking option, if we wanted a marking option, I thought we... Menegola would have been a better one or... Yeah... But I just think, but aside from that, selection panel looked to be raising Constable in games against, for me, Richmond, Brisbane, Collingwood, the the pressure, the pressure games where the midfield pressure will just be at times very very intense, and that final quarter showed at times Quinton Narkle even lacking and Tim Kelly even lacking behind Dane Zorko um, Cam Guthrie left behind at times mm. haven't made bad players in the last couple of weeks just the intensity of Brisbane you put Chook into that 
and yeah. he would He's have pretty much just like a tackle bag in against that Brisbane team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So their, their intensity was phenomenal. It's hard to raise fantastic performers. It's funny that you you talk about that Dangerfield. He was probably our best performer on the weekend with 36 disposals. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it, it has but been he, it, the story it, of the season. It seemed like he was the only one crying. Danger, especially at stages during that last yep. quarter, I was I, I was dying for someone to kick a goal and just end it. And the people that I that I was watching it with, um, Jeff uh, was the dad of one of my mates, said, you know, they're not taking their chances. Just kick a goal, for Christ's sake, just kick one. And then he said that because you know what's going to happen, Brisbane's just going to go down the other end, and Charlie Cameron's going to kick a goal. And guess what? He did. And then he did another one, and they were coming back. And then Lincoln McCarthy, and then it was crap. There's three minutes left, and we've shot ourselves yeah. in the foot. Because as soon as Brisbane got that scent of, oh, we're on here, if they kicked one goal and then we kicked one straight after, it would have just, you know, time would have elapsed. Even with six minutes to go, I'm thinking, no, nah, we'll, we'll eat up the clock here. We're all right. We're all right. But we were just so inefficient. And it, off, it was, yeah. Oh, it was just killing me. Yeah. And, like, even to the point of, you know, Sav had that last point, but he almost, almost got another boot on it um, in the last 20 seconds as well. And and someone just needed to tap it towards and at least, you know, concede a draw. But we didn't, we couldn't even manage that, and it was just so frustrating. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I completely agree. But second half, the sentiments, the whole match, we were up by. It was around 15, 16, 17 points for the majority. And if we were to just kick one or two goals, then that makes the home fans just a little bit more quiet, especially in that fourth quarter, as you raised before, Jake, when I think there was 13 minutes left and we had, right, we kick that goal, we're 23, 24 points up, puts the home fans a bit more quiet, mm. we can settle down, create into a season. Mm. Uh, just in, in the guts, yeah, Parfit, Michael, Guthrie, Captain Joel Selwood was quiet for me. Mm. Um, yeah, apart from apart from Dangerfield and at times Ablett and TK, there wasn't too much support. And really, our best player no, for me at night was Lockie Henderson. Yeah, with yeah, so we would have we would have been beat a few more goals. Well, he, Henderson has been our most important player of the last two weeks, and I, I I've just done the ratings and I don't know if Henderson was told or if it was something he just realized himself but in the second half he started peeling back and taking marks on the Charlie Cameron one-on-one contest because Buse was just getting absolutely toasted every time and he would go up for marks Mm. and leave Cameron out the back for an easy goal or they'd go up for a mark together and Buse would just be on the ground and Cameron would land like a cat and there was a couple of times where Henderson realized this and went back and just took like the saving mark a one-on-one and he comes over the top as the man um so he, he was fantastic as he was last week and I, I really enjoyed his um his experience the last two weeks because he's come in and it honestly didn't expect i thought he'd just you know be plugging a hole with blitzars in the ruck but he's actually done really well to uh save probably you know five to seven goals over the last two weeks um just going back to that danger field thing one last time so Zach Tui kicked the first behind of the last quarter and then a goal to Sav, who were up by 16 points. If Dangerfield kicked that goal, it would have made it 22 points up with 14 minutes to go in the last quarter. And then straight after that, essentially, it was a goal to Charlie Cameron. Dangerfield then kicked a goal, but then it was pretty much all lines after that and we pretty much could have iced it from early in the first quarter. Yeah. Um, however, however, obviously, you know, we didn't get the result that we wanted. We would have even taken a draw. I think we've been in yeah. agreement to a to a certain degree. Um, yet, by and large, a better performance than we've become accustomed to in the last few weeks. I yeah. would argue. Yeah, it, it was as close as we've played, to be honest, back to how we were in in the first half of the year. But 
the thing that was missing was probably the most important thing was that efficiency. We were doing everything right, but we just couldn't, you know, we were missing, you know, Gary Rowan in kicking four goals straight, to be honest. Mm. Mm. Yeah. That to, to concede 75 points, yet at times you rewatch it. And we've just spoken about Lockie Henderson and how he saved our guts so many times. It could have been a lot bigger margin than that. And it could have been three figures probably without Hendo playing, without Stewart. I think they were really, really crucial down back. Um, but yeah, in, in terms of forward line, I know Hawk missed his opportunities. He did have a few goal assists, which were really crucial, to be fair to, to Hawkins. It's a smart play. Sav had a good good uh, game for me. His hands seem to be sticking uh-huh. in recent weeks. Yeah, he, he but, definitely yeah. hard in his, his content. Yeah, yeah. But um, it, the link between midfield and forward doesn't seem to have the stick still as from the first half of the season. Um, and, yeah, efficiency is, was the key word there, Jake, efficiency. When you're not converting shots and, yeah, you can isolate danger field stats um, as, as one individual player, but I think that's more yeah. across the board as well. Um, and Hawkins, just the general, the general and, efficiency inside 50 as well, and, and this leads us back to Tom Hawkins. Um, I've written in the ratings that, you know, after the first few times that Hawkins lost a one-on-one contest to Marcus Adams, why would he continue for the rest of the game to stand behind Marcus Adams and, you know, wave his teammates on to kick it, you know, long and high into a one-on-one contest? It was infuriating to see the Geelong midfielders kick it just directly to Marcus Adams pretty much every time they went inside 50. They had 30 intercept marks for the game, and Adams had nine of them. And there was a stage in the second quarter where he had four or five, I think, in about six minutes. They just kept bombing it in, and Hawkins just was not leading. He was trying to win one-on-one contests, arguably with the only person in the league that can win one-on-one contests on Hawkins. Can you believe there's someone who's got a bigger chest than Tom Hawkins in the league? Yeah. (laughs) I think it's like doing the the Brisbane ratings here. Marcus Adams and Harris Andrews. He was was amazing. Adams was incredible because he was intercept marking all the balls that the Geelong midfielders just kept kicking at him essentially because Hawkins was trying to stand behind him and win a one-on-one contest. The only kicks that Hawkins had at goal were on leads. And he, and he missed both of them, yes, but he did have a couple of goal assists. But he should have realised, and the coaching staff should have realised, that he's not winning one-on-one contests. Brisbane were too well set up defensively, and it just wasn't working. And, and that's another reason why our efficiency was down, because we just weren't using it well going inside 50. And a good example of goals that we did kick from actually thinking about going inside 50 was when Dangerfield hit up Jed Buse, and he kicked his goal from 45. Just, you know, slow down, yeah. hit a target, was a nice hit the goal, don't bang it in. Yeah, that was – it was like the exact same goal he kicked against St Kilda as well in his first game, game back. Mm-hmm. Um, thoughts on Grian Meyer's performance? Yeah. Do you think he was, was too bad at all? No, he was really good. Um, he seemed to get some confidence back from his performance last week and – you know, we, we've discussed how he's been, you know, sort of quiet in, in a few recent losses, but he definitely did his bit this week. And, and oh, gee, I'm excited to see what he can do come finals because he's just one of those players that, um, you know, whenever he gets the ball, he looks dangerous, especially that first goal. And, and someone, again, that I was watching it with just mentioned how quickly he gets the ball onto boot when he knows there's pressure coming. And that first goal was a highlight of that. He didn't just stop and wait to get tackled. He just, you know, did a Daniel Wells, got it and kicked it within one step and and he kicked the goal from it. It was incredible. But he just moved it on quick and knew the pressure was coming. So he just kicked it and it was a goal. He didn't wait to get tackled and, you know, hold the game up and try and get out of a tackle. It was was really good. Yeah, he's an amazing flair player. They were to take out a match, I think, him and Tom Atkins. So Grimes... Yeah, his flair, amazing kicking style, which the fans love. He is a flair player that 
in a sense, just you wouldn't mind if he goes missing sometimes because you kind of know that he's just going to pop up at some point and just do produce some magic out of nowhere. Uh, he's he's almost like a a winger or a striker that can be quiet 85, 89 minutes and then just pop up in the uh, the very last. Uh, uh, and Inzaghi or you know one of these poachers. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Berbatov in his in his finest form. <laughs> um, yeah, Tom Atkins, one of his best games of the season for for me. Fantastic, just did exactly what was asked of him. Pressure, 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 and resulted in turnovers. Him taking 11. down Lockie Neal tackle was phenomenal. Um, yeah, racked up some disposals as well. I thought he he had a really really good game, Jake. Um, so there yeah, were some positives was, out of it. He's been fantastic all year. There's probably one game where he hasn't performed his role a few weeks ago. I think possibly Port Adelaide, but every week he's had you know it feels like it has at least five tackles every week, and he doesn't necessarily get a heap of disposals, but it feels like he gets about twenty every game because he. He gets time and he uses his disposals really well. He doesn't waste a whole heap. Um, and, yeah, he's just an absolute ball tackle machine and, and provides, along with Luke Dalhouse as well, provides us a lot of pressure and turnovers and scores from that. So good, good on him. I thought Narkel was pretty solid in patches as well. I think yeah. in patches is the key for me. What, what's your thought? Yeah, he, he was... Um, he was there about not not as sparkly as last week, of course, but you know he kicked his goal and he definitely had some he had some decent inside fifty entries, but yeah, I don't know he didn't didn't have as much impact as last week, but he's definitely one of those players you'd want to be getting games into before finals. And again, I'd like to see what he can do, you know, on the big stage in a big final because that's the sort of player that can uh, you know stand up in moments of brilliance and deliver. Four points lost when we take it a step back from sections of the game. And the game, when you look at a period when Brisbane had three players off the ground down by approximately three goals, Darcy, Geelong boy, uh, Alan Christensen gone for most of the match, former cat, former Geelong catter. And I think it was was off the ground for a, a little while as well along with, at times, Luke Hodge just getting some treatment. Look, with two players down for the Lions and Geelong on top by that margin, four points lost. We can look back at other matches like GWS at Kenya Park that might bite us here, but if we take a step back, all and look at where we are in the ladder, one round to go at Kenya Park against... An informed Carlton, probably the worst time of the whole season that we can play Carlton. Or maybe it, it, it'll it be good come finals to get a bit of competition instead of playing um, Gold Coast at the very last round in round 23. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's a bit... looks like we'll, we'll finish top four. Whether we can get a home final or not, that is the question. I would, I would imagine... That well, given the ex well, going off of expectation, we expect to be at home. So you you would most likely say that we would finish first, would you not? And you'd expect is, uh, Brisbane to lose is, to Richmond next week. Yes, what is, what is, yeah. Play Richmond, well, Richmond play Brisbane at the at MCG. The MCG. Yeah. That's the key. That's yeah. the key. That's the key. So, um, you know, we most likely finish first. Richmond would move from fourth up to third, would they? Who do West yep. Coast play in the last round? Hawthorne. At at um, Optus Stadium, so in Perth. So you'd probably bank West West Coast mm-hmm. in Perth. Mm-hmm. Was it 
Melbourne, then mm-hmm. Clarko has an element there. But what's yeah. the percentage for? Um, 115.7% West Coast. So yes, look, if Richmond belt Brisbane and we win against Carlton, Richmond possibly go to uh, third position. Um, and if you know, if the Hawks can remain respectable against West Coast, West Coast go down. Uh, may even drop position down to four. Are we ruling out Collingwood here altogether if Richmond don't beat Brisbane? And if we beat Carlton, then we'll be playing the Magpies first week of the finals. I'd rather play Collingwood than anyone. (laughs) based on their injuries, and, and their form hasn't been that fantastic too. Um, the, the way I see it is that, yeah, we're playing Richmond in the first final, probably on the Friday night, and then Brisbane host West Coast. Um, Collingwood play Essendon again. They've got them this Friday night, and I expect Essendon, they're locked in to finals either way. They can't lose. So I'd expect them you know, to maybe not rest, but take care of a couple of their injured players because they've just limped into finals and GWS play the Bulldogs. Um, yeah, it's, you know, I'd, we've said it all year. If, if, if we're good enough, we'll beat Richmond at the G, but gee, that's a big, that's a big ask to beat, you know, Richmond in the first week. Um, but yeah, we, we have to. We're, winning that first think, final is yeah. so important because I don't think, I think we'll... We finished uh, it in- stage in 2017 actually in terms of where we were on the ladder and who we played first week finals so not for a repeat of that ideally we get a repeat of round uh well it was round 12 it was this year hope ideally we get a repeat of the before the buy the the mid (laughs) the mid-year game um, look, if we've done it before, we can do it again. They've got a few players back the from injury is, though, since then. <laughs> yeah, the the question the question the question is it's just you know how how much it um, the intensity goes up in finals. We can do it if we're in if we're in the ring, we're a shot. You know, whether that punches chance. More yeah. or less, I'd say, in a one-off game against Richmond, it's a one-off game for them as well. They might have an absolute stinker. Let's talk a bit about our setup now. Uh, last couple of weeks, Blitzarves has been in the ruck. No out-and-out tap ruckman. One week before finals, before the the bye, the break before finals, do we back in a Reece Stanley or a Zach Smith? to do some Reece Stanley for a little bit of rotation ruck work with Sav, um, some mobility in Blitz goes to full back, pushes Hendo out of the team then, or these are questions abroad here. Tui's role, um, a third, we don't quite have one. Gary Rowan played yeah, that role yeah, in a sense the Gary, first yeah, side exactly. of the first half of the season purely because he was prolific in terms of his marking, in terms of his efficiency, kicking a quick fire, 18, 20 goals. But second half, you look, all right, Hawkins, Sav, not much support around there. And when you're throwing Zach Tui up there with, in the second line of the home and away season, Sparks a bit of worries there. Blitzarves, do we keep him in the ruck? Does Hendo stay full back? Being no, I think I think Stanley has to come back. Stan, Stanley has to come back. Fantastic performances the last two weeks. For me, was our best on ground against Brisbane. Does that push him out of the team? Well, I don't think it does. No, you can't you can't take Henderson out to to be honest, because 
Carlton don't have that many small forwards, so I'd I'd be taking Tui out first, and then probably Buse just for just for structure, and then you'd push someone like a Guthrie or Narkle more permanently forward. Have Stanley in and, and Blitzarts goes back. Um, I just think you know Rucks. You know, Blitzarts competes pretty well with the Rucks, but Steph Martin had a really influential last quarter and was a big result as to why they won that game. And I think, you know, they said that the saying is that the taller players don't get shorter as the game wears on. And when everyone else is tired, Steph Martin still is tall and he's still going to, you know, play better in the Ruck as the game wears on anyway. So um, Stanley's had a good couple of weeks in the VFL. So I think it is time to... Uh, Get him back. He's he's got the message loud and clear, and he knows what he has to do when he comes back. So let's not muck around anymore. Let's get him back and play how we're meant to play. Get Blitzars back in defence and um, just do the job basically. Stanley was influential for us when we were at our best. So I still think that he ideally plays in our best team. If he can do it on Gone and Grundy round one and two, he can do it on anyone. Yep. Going in against Carlton, probably the toughest time to play Carlton, albeit at our faithful home, Kidney Park. Carlton pulled off a 10-point win against an informed St Kilda side that's pulled off some good performance, beating Fremantle, who we weren't able to. Um, they look quite a, a good outfit They under new coach David Teague. I know they were beaten by Richmond by 28 points in a, a low-scoring affair, but they do look like they've got the structure set up from recent weeks. They pushed um, the Eagles. Pushed the Eagles, yeah. We're aroundabouts there. Beat the Crows, who have been, yeah, both Adelaide teams this season have been up and down and a roller coaster ride for a season and not quite in the water in South Australia at the moment. <laughs> but yeah, so but to beat the Crows by 27 points, that's a, a good. Um, so a couple of three wins in a row, even meet West Coast away in Perth by one point in round seven. Sorry, that was. <laughs> I think that may have been the, uh, the pies. That <laughs> was a surprising pies, yeah. result, more or less, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm thinking the close. It was it's the same round. It was Sydney, seven points. Beat <laughs> Sydney by seven points. So that was that was the close one. No worries at <laughs> all. Well, 17. All good. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, they, they look like they've got their structure set under David Teague, and it's not just the Paddy Cripp show, and the young kids – have blended and mixed and like you said Jake they do have good talent for talent um Harry Mackay looks a fantastic long-term project and even right now along with Mitch McGovern he's settling in mm-hmm. um has had his injury problems which we know of but brother Ed in the center as well We've played against the midfield before, down back, the formidable outfits that we've seen. Cruiser back in the ruck, um, performing like he did. Shades of 2017, Matthew Cruiser, actually. It'll be a tough game, do we think? I just want to make a, a quick point with um, with Carlton's uh, seeming resurgence. Um as we've alluded to, I think that it's just the fact that they've got their spine well and truly set. The spine is always the most important part of the team, of yeah. any team. If your spine is strong from, from that, think of it like a body, more or less. You know, you've got to have a strong spine and then all your nerves various other uh, appendages and so forth, are are the other positions. 
No, um, it's a perfect point because the game against St Kilda, their best players, all right, Nick Newman, yep, your back pocket, Mark Murphy, Ed Kerno in the guts, Matthew Cruiser, part Key, of the spine. Tap yeah. Ruckman, part of the spine, Levi Casbolt, Tall Timber, definitely part of the spine, Cade Simpson, Harry Mackay, and then, yeah, so all spine players, all from the back, midfield guts, Ruckman and Tall Timber, mm. right mm. <laughs> back back to forward. Yeah. Jake be nervy, noting that, what is it, the last nine matches, four wins and five losses off the top of my head? Yeah, we've, we've, we haven't had back-to-back wins for 10 weeks, which is frankly not good enough considering how good we were in the first half of the season. And this is exactly what we were worried about, the complacency. Um, we knew, we said that there would be teams that would coming after it, but I didn't honestly think it would get not this bad, but, you know, this, this worrying that we're, it's seemingly clinging on, limping into finals on, on form in regards to form. Um, this should should just be a win um, with no worries. Let's get through it with no injuries and just get to that, that bye. And, you know, if, if our form keeps up, we win this week and then we lose in the in the bye week and then we win the week afterwards the first final. So let's hope that stays please. <laughs> Everyone loses in the bye week. <laughs> Everyone loses in the bye week. Or, or... Uh, I think Geelong do more historically. Oh, yeah. Recent, yeah. Recently. <laughs> yeah, both historically and recently. Yeah. yeah. All right. So... You put the selection panel down, Jake. You're putting Reece Stanley back in. Blitz goes back. Tui comes out, which I don't think will happen. I think he'll play back. Um, but I, I personally would, for this match, like to see him out. Manigola or Scoot comes in, ideally Manigola. Um, what other potential changes are we thinking for this team? Um, I'm still not completely convinced by Jed, by Jed Bue's form uh, overall, uh, especially after this week. And I don't know whether they'd pull the trigger on, you know, bringing out Bue's and then pulling Charlie Constable in. But, but Constable has to come in this week based on his form. And, you know, he he was there when the whips were cracking at the start of the year, so he he was a reason for our success so early. And it was actually Constable that came out for Tui when when Tui came back from that injury. So maybe maybe it's you know there's a bit in that, and he should come back in for Tui. <laughs> and maybe they you know Tui out, Constable in. Uh, um, Constable plays more mid. Someone comes forward for Tui's role, um, and then yeah, someone's got to come out for for Stanley too. And I think it might might be Buse. And then Blitzars goes down back because Carlton are probably more Buse. tall, more up forward. That Buse, huge call. One one um, debatable match, and you've thrown him out against. All right, yeah, we got Darcy Lang, Zach Fisher. Setterfield, Jack Sylvain. If you want another name to take out, if you want if you want another name to take out of the back line, Jake Collardashney has been quiet the last two weeks as well, but he's not going to come out anytime soon. And you can't take Henderson out either because he's probably been our best defender the last two weeks. Some thinking to do, yeah. Matthew Scarlett in the back line and the the coaching staff all together there putting their little chess pieces together. Mark O'Connor, the shark, has played most of this season as well. Um, probably our most, impro- our most improved player this season. So mm. it'll be interesting come Thursday to see what happens selection night. 
knowing that there is Scoot Selwood, there is Meningola, there is Reece Stanley, there is Zach Smith, um, there is Charlie Constable, there is James Parsons sitting in the reserves, ready to come in, putting their hands up for selection. So some performance by individual players. And, yeah, we won't line up with... Tui playing forward, or if we will, we'll be having a rant come next week, I think. (laughs) Is that that safe to say? Safe to say. He's my favourite player, I can say that. (laughs) But, but no player is bigger than the team. Exactly. No player is bigger than the team. Which leads us into our margins, which will all be positive. Will all be wins. Four points to the Cats. Maybe a surprise win to Richmond will see us back on top of the ladder at the end of the home and away season. Our upcoming Clouder Cat of the Weeks individually for this week. I'm not sure who I'm, I'm going to go for for this week. I think... I'm going to go for Quinton Narkle oh. at home. Oh. Oh. I, still, I, still, I stole both of yours. Oh, yeah, I, was, you I was this oh. close. Two with one stone. <laughs> yeah. I was this picking Narkle. Quinton Narkle, the fans love him. Had minimal opportunities this season in a midfield team where Charlie Constable can't even get a gig at the moment. <laughs> when he would be a shoo-in for most other clubs, um, along with some like Meningola, Scoot Selwood, Lockie Henderson as well. A tough selection panel to have. But Quinton Narkel, when he's coming, yeah, he's provided the sparkle. Down at home this weekend, down at Kinney Park, yeah. Here's your man. He's my... Quentin Narkel to have over 20 disposals, over 20 disposals, going with four tackles, and he's going to kick a goal, at least one goal. <laughs> Hitting that, your bets there. That the fans will just <coughs> enjoy. The fans will, the fans will be sparkle. up and yeah. about. Um, my Clouder Cat of... Cats by 24 points. The week. There's the margin for, for Roe. My cloudy cat of the week will be the ever reliable AA Tom Stewart South Barn. He's, like he's a cloudy favourite. Yeah. So, you know, it's. I think he might be up there for the Kaji. Potential him and Mitch Danger might be vying for it this season along with TK, so it'll be interesting. Uh, yeah, he's had a phenomenal year for mine. It should be all again two years running, as simple as that. Yeah, I like it, Martin. Oh, I will say I'll go one ahead of you and the 25. Pretty chess game, okay. All right, which is which is pretty yeah. much the edge of yeah. you know where I go with most of the margins. That is, I think that might. Be, yeah. It's the highest, it's the highest for, margin for, for a little while. Season. For, oh, yeah. but, but, perhaps not the whole <laughs> season, but but for a little while, I would say yeah, definitely. Can't believe I'm the yeah I'm the <laughs> you're the margin one yeah, here. You're the uh, you're the resident pessimist this, this week. <laughs> Jake, are you banking to have a, a big game this week? For the cats. Uh, just, just the, uh, just the little man called Patrick Dangerfield. You might have heard of him. Um, will bank the three Brownlow votes this week, and I honestly think he'll push Brownlow contention, and he, he'll probably, well, he probably won't win it, but I reckon he could win the Brownlow. With, uh, you know, he, he's picked up a few two and one votes in the first half of the season, but he had a best on ground against St Kilda, a best on ground versus North. He's got at least one vote against Brisbane. And if he gets another three 
here, that will just push him ever so close to, you know, definitely top three, but, you know, possibly winning it. So Dangerfield to have 30-plus, six-plus clearances and at least one goal, and hopefully from in the 30 to 40-metre range inside 50. Yeah, I think that 25, 30 metres out would be nice to convert those yeah. set shots. Yeah. Put the, uh, to put yeah. that statistic yeah. to bed. Yeah. And he's a catch yeah. by 21 good, as well. Good player. Good 21. fishing show as well, Danger. Oh. <laughs> is it real adventures, is it? Or? That's, that's, that's where I know I'm from. How about you? Oh, well, um, that's, well, that's where you, you know, that's where you know I'm from. I'm, well, Mogs Creek or He's well, building Mogs Creek. Yeah, That's yeah, in progress. He, well, he 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 is the king of Mogs Creek, isn't he? <laughs> king, well, king of the that's sea. His, that's his <laughs> king of missing set shots from 30 yards <laughs> out. <laughs> Only statistically. <laughs> Danger. <laughs> we love you. You're up there in Brownlow contention. Margin this week, Jake? Yeah, just 21. Or we, so we've got a 21, a 24, and a 25. Playing a little bit of chess here. Okay. All right. See who gets the chocolates next week. Hopefully, Cats four points. And hopefully, a home final of sorts, whatever that means. Um, and uh, yeah. next next week in the, uh, in the off by week, we'll do our Cadena um, Cloud for every cat rated Rankings award winner as well, the Cloud Low. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Cloud Low. Very so good. We'll be tallying them up. We'll be tallying them up in the week break and uh, and be awarding our winner. We'll try and contact them and hopefully get some response from them. <laughs> Can't wait for the Cloud Low winner. <laughs> hopefully, maybe a little insight into. He'll be up there on Kaji night for the the best ons and up there with Butsar's yeah. taking it recently. So, yeah, we'll be on post-bye week. But then, go Cats. Let's go. Go, go boys. Go Catters.